BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. You're listening to Revolver Podcasts. Good afternoon. A San Antonio district judge resigns after a federal corruption probe. State District Judge Angus McGinty is at the center of an investigation today involving the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin, and it cost him his freedom, his livelihood, his bench, and law license. Since pleading guilty, he's refused to talk about the details of his criminal case. Until now. I did it because I was foolish. And that one little mistake that I made, that I never really intended to make, but I did, cost me everything. Everything. But this is not just the story of a single judge taking a one-time bribe. You see, during the FBI's corruption investigation back in 2014, agents recorded attorney Al Acevedo on his cell phone, boasting he was bribing several state judges. Only McGinty was charged and prosecuted. That's because the FBI's undercover operation was compromised when word of the investigation was leaked to the very judges who it was targeting. The names of other judges and bribes they allegedly took have been kept sealed in secret FBI and court files, with many of those judges still on the bench. But I've obtained those secret files, and the truth of the courthouse corruption scandal, and exactly who was involved, will finally be revealed. I'm investigative reporter Brian Collister, and this is How to Bribe a Judge, the podcast. Good afternoon, can you hear me? Yes, John. Can you hear us? I do. I do. I don't see, uh, you know, I, I was minimally involved in setting this because I was in trial elsewhere. And I think you were working through it, my administrator. Uh, did anybody arrange for a court reporter or for the defendant's presence at this uh, motion to recuse? That's Judge Sid Harrell on the bench recently, hearing a motion in a civil court case in Bear County, Texas. There's simply no judge in San Antonio who has served longer or is more respected than Sid Harrell within the legal community. Harrell now serves as the presiding judge of the 4th Administrative Judicial Region. Here's what his biography says about him and his job. Presiding Judge Sid Harrell was appointed by the governor in August of 2017. The duties of the presiding judge include promulgating and implementing regional rules of administration, 
advising local judges on judicial management, recommending changes to the Supreme Court for the improvement of judicial administration, and acting for local administrative judges in their absence. The presiding judge also has the authority to assign visiting judges to hold court when necessary to dispose of accumulated business in the region. Harrell was appointed to the position after an unsuccessful run for a seat on the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, which he campaigned for heavily. My name is Sid Harrell. I'm running for the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, place five. I ask for your vote. I've been on the district court bench for 27 years. It's time for me to take my experience on the trial court bench and go to the highest court, the court of last resort for criminal cases. I'm a true Texan. I'm conservative. I come from a ranching family, South Texas. I want to protect the citizens of our state. I've got a family that I think about. They give me motivation. They keep me young, and they keep me wanting to work. So I want to give that to the people of the state of Texas. Sid Harl has been a prosecutor. He has represented the defendants. And now as a judge, he has ruled on these matters. So he has by far the most experience that qualifies him for this office. We have a rare opportunity to have a man of his ability to continue in his role in serving the public. He's experienced, he has a track record, and it's very important to each and every one of us that we have that security in the state. My dear friend who's connected to me through marriage, her husband of two months and two other persons they worked with had been killed at their restaurant. She was horribly sexually assaulted. San Antonio Police Department rescued her and arrested Kevin Watts. And our whole family, our friends, what we prayed was for a good jury, but mostly for a good judge. When we were told that Judge Sid Harrell was going to preside over this trial because of his reputation, the one thing I promised her is that you can trust being in the courtroom of Judge Sid Harrell. He's going to do what the law and the facts dictate, um, and that's what makes him a good judge. I spent 24 years and seven months to the day in the Texas penitentiary for something I didn't do because of DNA technology and some discovered suppressed evidence. I was exonerated and I got out of prison. Judge Harl was the presiding judge. Near the end of the exoneration process, Judge Harl announced in open court that um, enough people had been looking down on me for too long. And so Judge Harl stepped off the bench and he handed me my exoneration papers and he shook my hand. I've had a number of lawyers, people who have practiced for decades, say that they've never seen that before. I know I'll never forget it. I'm asking everybody to vote for Sid Harl, who I know. I've never done that before, but it's real. I can't think of anyone who could represent us any better than Judge Harl. Please vote for Sid Harl. I encourage you to vote for Sid Harl. Please vote Sid Harl. For Texas Court of Criminal Appeals, place five. But Harl's name is repeatedly mentioned in the FBI files from the bribery case of former Judge Angus McGinty. Describe your friendship, relationship, professional relationship with uh, Judge Sid Har, who at the time was another district court judge. Uh, now he currently is appointed by the governor of Texas um, in sort of a, he's the judge over the judges. in the Administrative judge administrative of, of this judge. district, this region. So essentially it's a, a, a promotion from the bench. 
he he uh, judges the judges. Okay. And what was your friendship like with him, and and how did he play a role when word first got out that you had been charged? So, I knew Sid Harrell from the days that I was uh, an assistant district attorney. He was uh, a judge then, back in the early '90s, and I had a few cases in his court. I don't think I was ever assigned to his court on a regular basis, but I certainly handled my fair share of cases in there. And then when I became um, uh, a defense attorney, I appeared in front of him many times representing clients. And in those two capacities, both as a prosecutor and as a defense attorney, I came to regard Sid Harl as very knowledgeable about the law uh, and uh, someone that I could go to uh, if I had a legal question. He was knowledgeable, very knowledgeable. Um, not only on a legal question, but, but a, uh, you know, a point of, uh, of what's the proper way to get something done in, in this court versus that court. This judge likes it done that way. This judge likes it done another way. He was very knowledgeable about, about the individual judges and what they preferred. Um, then when I got on the bench, um, Sid Harl uh, was my mentor, Brian. Um, when a, when a person gets elected to the bench and they've never been a judge before, they really don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> you could, uh, I knew, I knew how to go through the motions and, and, uh, what was supposed to be done on a case, but I had never been a judge before. And I probably called Sid Harl. Uh, I don't know, half dozen times in the first <laughs> couple of weeks um, just to get his uh, guidance. Um, so He I, was the presiding judge of the district court, wasn't he? Wasn't he sort of, or at least at one point? I think he might have been. I don't, I don't know what. Uh, it certainly they, was seen that way among judges. Oh, goodness, yes. Judges. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. Um, not much happened in that courthouse without Sid Harl knowing about it. Um, so, yeah, he was... Uh, he was the first person I contacted for anything legal. Now that you've looked through these documents and seen some of the incriminating information that relates to Judge Sid Harl, uh, what's your reaction to that? I'm, I'm at a loss for words, Brian. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hurt and, uh, uh, confused and I, and I hope it's not true. And, uh, I would, uh, urge him to speak up, uh, and, uh, and talk to you. But yeah, I, um, those are some, uh, extraordinary accusations that you had me read. When we come back, I'll reveal those extraordinary accusations aimed at judge Sid Harrell. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, 
there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. It was a sale of a car yeah. between Acevedo and Judge Sid Harrell. Tell me about that and why that was in the... I guess the FBI documents that you yeah well, I look at. I remember looking through all the FBI documents and and seeing that uh, uh, Acevedo had admitted to giving Sid uh, full value of a car he was buying from him and then gave him three thousand dollars on top of it and whoever Acevedo was talking with at the time said something like why why did you do that and I remember Acevedo said something to the effect of because he wanted it so I mentioned that to my attorney as. Uh, um, that there were others that were being investigated for good reason and that uh, supported my argument that my attorneys had a conflict trying to protect other people. You said in the email that, that Acevedo gave Sid Harrell a $3,000 bribe. You're referring to the $3,000 on top of the sale of, the, of yeah. the vehicle, meaning the value of the vehicle. There was three grand on top of that. That's, what I, that's the word that I used because uh, when I listened to what Acevedo said, it was, apparently, it was apparent that he did not want to give Three thousand more than the value of the car was worth, but that he he felt he had to because Sid Hall wanted it. That's my interpretation of what I saw you also, and read from Acevedo. Now, at this point in my conversation with former Judge Angus McGinty, as he spoke about this sale of a vehicle, a vehicle that was owned by Judge Sid Harrell, and the sale of the vehicle handled by the target of the investigation, Albert Acevedo, I recall that the government had filed a document with the federal court that referenced this sale. Now, from time to time, the government, during the wiretap process, would have to go back to the court and state conversations that they had picked up that might potentially be attorney-client privileged between Acevedo and one of his clients. So this document is one of those referencing a conversation that was picked up by wiretap, and The government says, and I'm reading directly from their document, Acevedo further instructed Donovan, one of his employees, to pick up a check from First National Bank so Donovan or another person could take the check in an envelope to Judge Sid Harrell. Possibly referring to Judge Harrell, Acevedo told Donovan that he had told him that Donovan would be there by noon. Donovan told Acevedo that he would do it before noon. Now, the document goes on to describe to the court, the communication pertain only to the locations of various motor vehicles and to the delivery of a check to Judge Sid Harrell. In the course of this investigation, evidence has been developed concerning Acevedo's provision of automobiles and automobile repairs to various state judges. In particular, other intercepted communications established that Acevedo agreed to sell a car on Judge Harrell's behalf. It may be that the check referenced in the conversation summarized immediately above constituted the proceeds of the sale of the judge's car. So another wiretap conversation uh, that the FBI picked up was between uh, Acevedo and the bail bondsman Albert Sines. And in it, they're talking about bribing uh, Judge Sid Harrell. So I will read the, uh, the part of Acevedo, and Angus, you read the part of the bail bondsman Albert Sines. Okay. Hey, are you uh, are you in good with Sid Harl? Yeah. 
we can uh, we gotta we we gotta do a reset. We got one coming up that's seventy five thousand uh, dollars Thursday. We need to get another reset. We're on the third one. I've got somebody working on it. The guy's in Mexico. Tell him we'll give him money for his campaign. Well, I can't say that. Well, but I know that, but you know, behind the door. Well, I already told him. I already pledged five thousand for his campaign. Uh, okay. Okay. No, we'll. Um, I'll try to do it tomorrow. Hey, listen. Hey, let's see if we can go to lunch with him, so we can, you know, go to lunch with him. We can't, man. We can't, man. We got to be careful with that. We can't even go to lunch. Not when we got a case pending before him. Yeah. All right. Well, let me know what we got to do. Give me a call. So in your pre-sentence investigation report uh, in 2015, um, the author of the report says that on September 17th, 2013, Acevedo, and again mentioned is the bail bondsman Albert Signs, Acevedo and Signs telephonically discussed bribe payments to Bear County State District Judge Sidney Harrell of the 266th Criminal District Court of Bear County in the form of campaign contributions in exchange for favorable treatment regarding bond forfeitures, including delaying bond forfeiture proceedings so Signs and or Acevedo would not have to pay outstanding bail amounts. Signs even suggested that they take Harrell to lunch, which Acevedo rebuffed, saying, quote, we can't, man, we got to be careful with that. Because, as Acevedo later stated, quote, not when we got a case pending before him. So they're talking about wanting to bribe Judge Sid Harrell with campaign contributions. It goes on to say that Acevedo was hesitant to be blatant regarding his bribery activities. Despite that, he pledged $5,000 for Judge Harrell's reelection campaign. Coming up next, FBI wiretaps pick up a second call during its bribery investigation with yet another reference to Judge Sid Harrell. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Now, there's another phone call that was picked up on the wiretaps by the government that references Judge Sid Harrell. I'm reading from a government document that was filed under seal to the court. In it, it states, On September 3rd, 2013, Acevedo telephonically spoke with Maria Rojas, Signs employee. That refers to Albert Signs, the bail bondsman that we've talked about in previous episodes. It goes on to say, regarding clients on $10,000 bond or larger who were considered flight risks and who may not appear for scheduled court hearings as instructed, Riojas asked if Acevedo, even if he was not the attorney of record, 
request the presiding judge vacate the scheduled court setting to allow signs time to locate the absconded client or for the judge to release signs from the bond. Acevedo intimated he could approach McGinty with such requests, as well as Judge Ron Ranhal of the 379th Criminal District Court of Bear County and possibly Judge Sidney Harrell of the 226th Criminal District Court of Bear County. Now, in order to read the transcript, since we don't have the actual recording, Christine is joining me, and she's going to read the part of Albert Sines' female employee, Maria Rojas. I'm going to read the part of attorney Al Acevedo. This is the transcript uh, from the FBI agent, and it starts this way. On September 3, 2013, at approximately 4.35 p.m., Mary, believed to be Maria Riojas, one of Sainz's employees, called target telephone number one and had the following conversation with attorney Acevedo. Hello? Albert? Yeah. Hey, it's Mary. Albert wants me to call into you every time, every day, the failures to appear that are 10,000 or bigger. Yeah, I got a call. I got to do that a day before. If you have, if you have reason to believe that they're not going to show up. Um, hmm. Here is the problem that I have, is that I'm not the attorney of record and I can get in trouble. Um, hmm. I know that. I mean, man, he's... I don't know, you know, what... I don't know where he, you know, he just... There's only, there's only... Uh, on Ron Ranhell, I can do it. On Angus McGinty, I can do it. Um, and Sid Harl, I can probably do it. That's it. Those are the only three judges I can do them. And Sid Harl? Yeah. Okay. Let me check and see what courts these are. The are the okay one forty fourth, two twenty, two twenty sixth, and three seventy nine. Okay. Let me find out if any of these. Any of these are in that court, and I'll let him know. Okay. Okay, bye. Now, the FBI agent goes on to write after submitting this transcript uh, to the government to the, and then to the court. The FBI agent, uh, Michael Carlisle, writes, I assess this conversation to mean that when Signs has a client who has posted bond in the amount of $10,000 or more and who Signs expects will fail to appear for court, Riojas is supposed to call Attorney Acevedo and let him know. This would allow Attorney Acevedo to contact the presiding judge in order to get the court setting vacated to allow signs time to find the defendant or to get the judge to release signs from the bond. I further assess that Attorney Acevedo is willing and able to do this, even though he may not be the attorney of record, so long as the presiding judge is Judge McGinty, Judge Ron Ranhell, or Judge Sidney Harrell. I further assess that Attorney Acevedo is capable of getting Judge McGinty, Judge Ranhell, and Judge Harrell to continue court hearings and or release signs from bonds in cases where the defendant is expected to fail to appear for court because he and signs are bribing these judges in exchange for favorable rulings in court cases and bond forfeiture hearings. And as we've talked about in other episodes of this podcast, word of the FBI's investigation was leaked to various judges at the Bear County Courthouse. And because he was sort of seen as the senior judge, the longest serving and most respected, a lot of the communication centered around references to Judge Sid Harrell. In an affidavit he submitted to the court, former Judge Angus McGinty wrote that, 
During the entire time my case was pending, Mr. Brown and Mr. Norton, his attorneys, told me that they were discussing my case with Sid Harrell, Raymond Angelini, Michael Ugarte, and Sam Katz. I believe they mentioned other names to me as well. Throughout the time my case was pending, Mr. Brown repeatedly told me that he was keeping Judge Harrell in the loop and that Harrell was monitoring my case. I thought this was a good thing. He goes on to write that on several occasions, Mr. Brown and Mr. Norton told me that Judge Harrell was paying careful attention to my case and that he was going to try to use his influence on Judge Orlando Garcia to help me. They told me that with Judge Harrell's influence, with Judge Garcia's influence, and with their own influence, and with my, quote, outstanding character, the court would likely give me probation. Now, these references to Judge Sid Harrell being aware of or influenced by what was going on in the investigation uh, is even referenced in an FBI 302. The FBI writes about a conversation with McGinty in which he references talking to Alan Brown about Sid Harrell. So the FBI agent goes on to uh, write that from that conversation, Brown called State District Court Judge Sid Harrell and Ray Angelini and warned them to be careful because of the federal investigation. It is McGinty's belief that it was this warning provided by Brown that led to Sid Harrell's decision not to run for Bear County District Attorney against incumbent Susan Reed. And now there was much... Uh, there was much being made about the potential matchup between the two, that he would run against a fellow Republican, um, and then absolutely nothing happened. So you think that's because of this? Well, I can tell you uh, that I remember um, at the time I was considering a run against Susan Reed, and I had had talks with Sid Harl uh, as to whether or not that was a good idea. And he was openly talking about it with me and with other judges. And we even had a fundraiser, if I remember correctly, for uh, Sid Harl. And um, although it may have been a fundraiser for his judicial election, I'm not sure. But in any event... Um, it was pretty widely known he wanted to take on Susan Reed. Yes, it was. In fact, there were some newspaper articles about it, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. Um, and then, yeah, suddenly it, um, he decided not to. Just literally, it just dropped... I remember being disappointed. I thought he, he should have uh, run. So your question is, is it, is it a coincidence that I, I, I don't think it is? Um, well, that's what you told the FBI agent that you didn't yeah, think it was. Yeah. And then it says McGinty informed the interviewing agents that Harl used to clerk for Brown, Alan Brown, your attorney, and Brown is, quote, drinking buddies with Judge Orlando Garcia. Well, actually, Alan doesn't drink. He's, he's, he's um, um, sober. Um, uh, Sid Harrell. Sid Harrell. Uh, yeah, is well-known, would go see Orlando Garcia all the time. We've seen them together at, at different establishments, so that's not a big secret. Coming up in our next episode, you'll hear my conversation with Judge Sid Harrell, where I confront him with the evidence implicating him in the bribery scandal. That's next time on How to Bribe a Judge, the podcast. I'm investigative reporter Brian Collister. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.